What a huge week for Dinner Table Talks. I attended my first lunch club. We got a bedroom full of bugs. Do not miss that story. And we are on our final week of Whole30. We talk about how we're going to live our life with food as we move forward. It is a huge Dinner Table Talk. Pull up a chair. We've got so much to talk about. I could say that today is a candidate for the best day ever. I have a lot of best days ever. Well, the thing is they kind of run into one another. Now you have the best week ever, then the best month ever, and then before you know it, it's the best life ever. I said the other day it's challenging to get any higher than I am. (laughs) I woke up this morning, left for work, and it was a beautiful like 68 degrees. Mm Mm-hmm. But I knew I was only going to be at work for a short while so that I could return home Mm -hmm. to attend my very first ever Freedom Harvest Farms Long Lunch Club. Yep. Presented from Whole30. Well, we certainly accumulated recipes over the last 28 days, recording on Wednesday, day 28 of our Whole30 adventure. Exactly. It was really cool to be able to show off a lot of what you and I have learned and talked about for that matter. So I was glad you were there today. But I was really trying to take in what it would be like to be a guest at one of these things. I guess you always start off with that charcuterie style tasting board. And that's really like easy and fun because as long as it's, you know, local farm to table and even still, like sometimes I'll just find something really interesting that's homemade that might not have any local ingredients in it at all, but it's just interesting and homemade. And I want to, hey, you guys should try this thing, you know? Anyone that's listened to us for a period of time knows that we love our cheese and our cheese plates. And I said today at lunch, you and I miss more than alcohol, cheese. Cheese, yeah, for sure. And I know we're going to talk about moving forward, right? After Whole30 ends. And it has me recalling kind of what we used to do. Like, Mm -hmm. what was our stuff around here? Mm -hmm. And we always kept three or four different types of good cheese in the deli drawer. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was my snack go-to. So now it's like, okay, well, what has been your go-to? You know, what are the the go-tos now? I said today, we've had charcuterie boards and cheese boards from all over the country. Mm -hmm. So when you were planning out your tasting plate for Mm -hmm. today... Mm I said, you're missing nuts. You're missing something salty. And last minute, you asked me to make those oven-roasted, Whole30 compliant pecans. One of the things that I want us to do a better job of, we've done a decent job, but I want us to do a better job of it. And that is to keep stock in our pantry, some prepared things from other local homemade farmer's market, you know, all Mm -hmm. kinds of things like that. Every single time I put on one of these, I'll pull something like that out and maybe we craft it a little differently. So in this particular case, having those pecans, Texas local pecans that I had ordered, I don't know, last year during pecan season, to have those in the freezer, pull them out, do them up Whole30 style with my seasoning Mm -hmm. and serve that up on the charcuterie board or the taste course which has now got four different kinds of pickled things, nuts that we roasted and added our own seasoning to that are grown on a local Texas farm, melons, because one of the things we've learned with Whole30, the snacks, the tasting, the bites, right? Lots and lots of fruit. Well, what fruit is available that's coming out of the ground right now here? Honeydew and cantaloupe. And yours this season have been great. Very good. Very good. Good So I had a plate of that. And then, of course, our friends at Turkey Hollow, they do different types of cured meats. 
And they had last year, I think in the holiday season, about this time of year, they had smoked pork tenderloin, mm-hmm. which R- is basically like ham. Thought I'd need it. Yeah. Anyone can make these pecans. 325 oven. Put some foil down on your baking sheet. The recipe called for butter, but uh-huh. we can't have butter. Right. So I pulled out that ghee that we bought at the beginning of our Whole30 adventure yep. because ghee, the clarified butter, is a butter you can use. Mm-hmm. As I was explaining this at lunch, one of the attendees, a woman I'd never met before, mm-hmm. bought a ticket. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love ghee. Yes, I know. It's fun. It sparked off all kinds people of great conversations. People love talking about all different kinds of, especially people that know things about food. Mm-hmm. Foodies, ooh, we love to talk about what we know about food. <laughs> Once the pecans are covered in the ghee, yeah. then you can season them however you want to. Exactly. Throw some cinnamon and sugar on there, if that's what you're looking for. <laughs> right. What we did instead was uh, use your pizza salt. It's all-purpose yep. salt that you make that's just filled with all kinds of great herbs. Yep. And yep. roast them on that 325, shake them every five minutes, but keep an eye on them, taste them starting at 10 minutes, and when they're done, you'll know, and they were perfect. The running theme of today's long lunch, aside from the Whole30, was kind of an Italian or basil-based this is what we're doing. You here. have a lot of basil coming out right now? Yeah. Well, <laughs> there was a caterpillar hatch over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, you've talked about that a lot. Yeah, it's it's a thing. And basil is a host plant for butterflies. Okay. Do you know what a host plant is? I would imagine it's a plant that in this case a butterfly feels most at home at, most likely to maybe put their cocoon. Hmm? Basically, but a little Do bit you off. know what a host plant is? Yes. <laughs> okay. A host plant is a fragrant flower with green, with a lot of green on it, where a butterfly would be drawn to eat the nectar and lay its eggs. And so then when it lays its eggs, when the eggs hatch, that's where the caterpillar hatches at. Which is why the butterfly laid them there to begin with. Exactly. When they hatch, they're drawn to it because it's beautiful. It smells good. It's sweet. It's got flowers. So that draws them to it. So basil and really sweet, pretty basil is going to draw butterflies to lay their eggs and then the caterpillars. So the answer is I've got a lot of basil, but I'm also in caterpillar season right now. Everyone deals with this. They just deal with it at different times of year. Mm-hmm. And so we deal with it in yeah, September and especially right after a lot of rain when things have time to germinate. We've talked about that many times. And particularly holy basil. Holy basil has become a well-known wellness herb, tea, a okay. wellness tea. Sure. It's fun to be a part of the leading edge to begin to discover that prior to when the larger industry and the general public collective, right. you know, begins to understand holy basil, Asian holy basil, Tulsi basil isn't originated in the Americas and native Americas where we are right now. Right. And so it's kind of a newly adopted thing in Western culture to be aware of this particular medicinal value of holy basil. Are you growing it in addition to other basils? Yes. Okay. And I grew a lot of it last season. Ah. And because I grew a lot of it last season, you know me, I go out, you all know me, I'm going to go out there, I am the lobbyist for holy basil because I got to sell me some holy basil because I grow a lot of it. It grows good for me. I start putting it in tea. It has this beautiful flavor. I start selling more of it. Then all of a sudden, 
I get in the mail from my doTERRA people that I work with, this tiny little five milliliter, here's a freebie. It's never free, you guys. Here's a freebie that we want you to learn to love so yeah. that you share holy it around. Basil. And, I, and it was holy basil. That's and I was amazing. like, damn, this is good. One of the things that we've learned during the Whole30, I've kind of pushed over onto you, is throwing other things in our tea when we're drinking tea because we're drinking a lot more tea right now. When you stop eating a baseline of sugar and a baseline of the exact same flavored foods, you get back to your a natural palate. That means you can taste things better. Then you start drinking teas to have that flavor pop that you're looking for. They're actually sweeter and you can taste these like, you know, interesting subtleties. things. Yeah, subtleties. And it's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so, well, as I'm harvesting holy basil out of the garden, I'm putting it in our black teas and our roselle hibiscus teas you know i'm putting it in all these teas and it's just got this great flavor and i'm just so much more excited to do more of that for people yeah for me that's a function of cutting down the alcohol consumption at home mm, yeah that alcohol as well tea has been a fantastic replacement anytime i've done a sugar fast mm -hmm. and then i'll quit making tea when it's more like I've got a beer. I've got other things to drink. Right. Well, tea has so many medicinal values that we hadn't really taken seriously. Sure. If you move past the idea of every time you make tea, it's just one of those industrialized tea bags from one of the big companies. Yeah, sure. If you like black tea, throw in a black tea bag too. That's we what do we that. do, yeah. And then go ahead and throw in some of, you know, I throw in the roselle. Last night, I threw into a black tea bag that you were making, holy basil, a moringa tea bag, and dandelion flower, right? which are all really, really good for you. Hmm. And I let you do that. And, and then, then you drank the tea? Well, yes, of course, because then we transfer that to our tea pitcher that stays in the refrigerator. Wasn't the tea so delicious? Yeah, it's really, really good. What I was trying to say is I hope that our tea drinking doesn't decrease as we get off of this thing. Yeah. Well, so today at the Long Lunch Club, I made a... It was a black tea bag, but I also put roselle this time. Mm -hmm. And then I put some more holy basil in it right. because holy basil was a run through on everything. And so people then, loved that tea. Yes. What else had basil in them? My pizza salt was on the table for yeah. sprinkling on other things. Mm -hmm. The dessert course, which is an interesting conversation. You're not supposed to have desserts in Whole30. Right. No desserts. But I'm putting on an event where the people that are coming to the event are, are expecting a dessert course. Sure. <laughs> I would be expecting a dessert uh, yeah. course, even if it was just some really tasty fruit. I would be. We go to farm dinners anytime we can find them whenever we travel. Right, exactly. We love to steal ideas, but more than that, we really want to be pampered in these things. And if I went to a farm dinner, multi course, mm -hmm. and they said no dessert because we're on a diet, right. I wouldn't be happy. <laughs> because what we gave certainly wouldn't be considered dessert by most people. <laughs> And what was that? Well, the energy balls that we talked about last week, uh -huh. where it was cashew, almond, cocoa powder, and dates. Dates, the miracle fruit. Whipped up in the food processor. But this time, I threw in a little bit of holy basil. Yeah. Because holy basil doesn't taste like the kind of basil that you're thinking about that you eat with your caprese salad or, you know, the big pieces of lettuce basil. or It doesn't have the same licorice flavor it's much sweeter right because if you go back two weeks ago mm -hmm. to the i'm starving to death aceland <laughs> week you said i need to do something to increase caloric intake i might make some energy balls protein balls yeah and then the following week last week's episode you did 
And the whole meal today was picking up things that we've learned over the course of the exactly. last 28 days. I would imagine that these protein balls or variations as you learn that you can add the little this or it yeah, so are going to continue in our life. Oh, exactly. And so today, like... I'm going to make this look like a truffle on a plate with fresh edible flowers, like blooming from it. Uh I want chocolate sauce drizzled on the top of them. I couldn't have created this in my mind better than it came out. I go online. I say, surely there's some kind of like Whole30 cocoa drizzle. Well, there's really not because they don't want you to eat dessert. Yeah. If you're going (laughs) to do something like this, you're going to have to add a sweetener to that unsweetened cocoa. Yeah. And the sweeteners that you would add, as I even go through it in my mind. Thin enough sweetener for what I'm trying to create when a syrup happens. Right. So you made us cheat a little bit. We cheated a little bit. We went ahead and bought some good quality maple syrup, cocoa powder, and then coconut, coconut oil. oil. Right? So and tell you can us buy how coconut oil viscous or you can buy coconut oil hard. Think Crisco. Yep. And that's what this calls for. Mm-hmm. Heat like a tablespoon over a low, low heat in a saucepan. Mm-hmm. Add a tablespoon and then an additional quarter teaspoon of your unsweetened cocoa. Mm-hmm. Turn off your heat. Whisk it until it's nice and smooth. And then add another tablespoon of that maple syrup. Mm-hmm. And, and whisk it again. And then it's ready to drizzle. I said, I wonder if this will go back to a solid form. Yes. Because the like recipe the was for oil. taking your strawberries... And making a keto paleo chocolate dipped strawberry. And then you put those back in the fridge right. and it hardens around the That's strawberry. That's what the recipe's That's for. exactly what happened. Uh-huh. So it was presented just like a truffle. Yeah, it was real pretty. It was three little balls on a plate and then right smack in the middle of that, a little holy basil flour, yeah. of course. I had you make the Zupa Toscana because I knew that was just a really good basic. That would be the dish that potentially, and I'm not accusing anybody of anything, by the way, but I, I just know the crowds, potentially the woman whose husband came, who came to be with her, is like, what? I'm eating diet food for lunch today? Uh-huh. He gets the Zupa Toscana, which I say from the very beginning, this is an Olive Garden copycat. We only changed one thing. It's got a lot of meat in it. I was impressed. Not just by the soup that I made, but more so what I know you're doing out here at these long lunch clubs now. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the reasons why it was the best day ever. Mm -hmm. The weather is still just as amazing Mm -hmm. as it was when we woke up. Mm -hmm. We get to record the podcast a day earlier than we normally do. When we get done with it, I'm going to go outside and play with my chicken some more. (laughs) And tonight we're going to go to one of Savannah's favorite movies in the movie theater. This might be the best day ever. I like it. It's a good one. With two days left of Whole30, of course, we're discussing a lot around the dinner table. What are we doing moving forward? What have we learned? What do we want to reincorporate from over 30 days ago? Cheese, for example. The one I'm thinking about the most is alcohol. That's funny. I'm not, but I, I guess I'm... Talking about it because you, but I'm not. You're not not. because you have made decisions prior to now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is time for me to make decisions Mm -hmm. about it. Your dad was building a new fence, so I walked over and talked to him a little bit. He just got off a hunting trip with his high school buddies, you know. Uh I said, I'm doing that this weekend with my high school buddies. They're all coming down and we're going to the beach. Mm -hmm. 
And in addition to the texts about who's going to cook what when and renting the golf carts and who's going to boogie board and all that is, well, I'm bringing the rum and I'm, oh my God, my favorite thing right now is a happy mixcallion, some kind of fancy cocktail. I'm bringing the stuff to make that. Yeah. And I know that prior to this experience, I would be participating in that a lot. Your dad said, careful, the first yeah, time see, out. That's what I was trying to tell you. Maybe a couple drinks. But I woke up in the middle of the night after I did that for the first time, and I didn't feel too good. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. The reason why I wouldn't yeah. go eat a whole block of cheese. Same thing. <laughs> but even beyond Let this Let me go weekend, clean up my whole body and then just go like decimate it like the next right. day. Pretend like it's not 50. But this week's unanswered question arose from you suggesting that I have an alcohol allergy. I don't think you have an... That's not what I said. I didn't say you have an alcohol allergy. Mm-hmm. I said you're allergic to something, most likely in the beer that you're drinking. I mean, everyone has an alcohol allergy. <laughs> I looked it up, and there are two different things. An alcohol intolerance and an alcohol allergy. Well, that's no different than anything else. Everything has it. Everything is that. If everything is just like everything else, we never have anything to talk about. <laughs> that's true. That's why we have paradoxes. That's why we talk about things as if they're not, and then we talk about them even though we know they're not. An alcohol allergy... Yes, like other allergies, is an immune system response. Mm-hmm. Your immune system is overreacting to some ingredient, like you say, in the alcohol. It might be the rye in this drink or the sulfites in this other drink. You're having an allergic reaction to an ingredient. Yes. And alcohol intolerance is a genetic metabolic disorder of the digestive system. Your body does not digest alcohol the way that other people's does. Mm-hmm. The number one symptom of an alcohol allergy is a flushing of the skin redness of the skin that's what happens to me whenever i drink chardonnay so i don't drink chardonnay i quit drinking chardonnay 15 years ago the symptoms of an alcohol intolerance are extensive but one of them is a stuffy nose Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what you said last week Mm -hmm. so that's something i'll be looking at just as a biological function of myself as i move forward in life yeah i can almost guarantee you that the first drink you drink, you'll, your, your nose will pop back. Well, you and I can have a science experiment in the corner. Inflammation, immediate inflammation. While this is happening. And you'll start clucking and blinking your eyes a lot. Blinking my eyes a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm not as aware of that one. Mm-hmm. It's because your eyes are itchy. Well, you keep an eye on me, would you? Mm. I do keep an eye on you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're... Uh, I, I always slow to stop you and I'm like, you're like this. And also doing the cluck thing. And you're also like and blinking your eyes. And this whole thing is going on. And all of a sudden, I'll just go like that. Hey, 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 you need to go wash your face. Yeah. <laughs> hey, go wash your face. <laughs> what would I do if I didn't have you around? <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> that thing that you just demonstrated, the audience couldn't see it. <laughs> was horrible <laughs> well he cl- he does it i call it clucking because he's a chicken he's my chicken but he, he does a thing with his throat he sc- tries to scratch the inside of his throat with the back of his tongue yeah my daughter has inherited that she just picked up the habit would, she, you, would you like for me to demonstrate yeah do it yeah, yeah. anyone that has ever been around joe like at all yeah. already knows that sound for me when i'm aware of it it means there's a cat nearby there's cat dander around but i do it when i'm not aware of it a lot more often than that you're, you have a lot of allergies. It's one of the things I knew about you from the beginning when I met you was that you were, you were highly sensitive. I just keep moving forward and don't give them much thought unless it's cat. That'll put me down. Yeah, that, but that's like blind, bumbling around through the world, just banging into shit. <laughs> do what you do. What you do. do what you do. 
I am so surprised that I got off as easy as I did the other night. You were headed to bed, and all of a sudden you go, Joe! Oh, no, you hadn't heard the first scream. Oh, I didn't hear a first scream. I had already gone, I had already said something really, like, irritated and loud. Yeah. It's like, what the f*** is going on in here? I wouldn't blame anyone yeah. for that exclamation <laughs> if they could see what you were seeing. <laughs> Number one, I don't even remember going out the back door. But the back door was standing open. Standing open with the lights on in Inside. our bedroom. That is and critical. And it had just rained. That is critical to know. Yeah. I had been out earlier in the Just a, like 30 minutes earlier. With my headlamp on uh-huh. to go out to the chicken coop. And you'd made a comment about how many freaking flying things there I were said, in the air. I said, my God, there's so many flying insects. Uh-huh. Not bees, not Everything. wasps. Just these tiny little All of them. gnats, but they're bigger than gnats. That was every, it, it was every size of bug you can imagine all flying at the same time. And they're attracted to the light. So right. I learned, I, I got to turn this headlamp off and bumble through the darkness. <laughs> because the headlamp is near your eyes and mouth and nose. And mm-hmm. they, all of a sudden, it's, they're all over you mm-hmm. well i'd left the back door open to our bedroom and the light on and no light on the back porch which sometimes the back porch lights on so that would have helped but nope that wasn't on this time either they were immediately every bug in south texas no not every bug in south texas just a few just the ones right outside our backyard that was enough every bug in south texas was in our bedroom it looked like it when you were ready to go to sleep it looked like it and Even the mosquitoes. I mosquitoes. Everything. A little couple of June bugs were at the party. Oh my god! I am Flying not shit everywhere. able to express exactly how many bugs were in our bedroom. I actually did take a video. I tried to take a video. You can't see it as good, but you can see what I'm talking about. So he, so I call. I finally get him back there, you guys. To, like, he comes back. I shut the door. So, no so, big deal. No, and I was like, a couple bugs. Kill I was him. like, Joe, look, look. Look, our walls Every, and ceiling are white. Even the bed cover, our was bed color covered. is, is almost white, like a creamy ivory color. Uh-huh. But it's directly below the overhead lighting, uh-huh. so the bugs were just Every everywhere. Every corner, all the ceiling, all over the walls, there was bugs everywhere. I leap into action, and he, no, first he goes, oh, oh. What are we going to do about that? And, uh, I, right. and I'm like... That's exactly um, what I sounded like. No, it sounded pretty much like that. Uh, and then and I then leapt I'll... into action. I shut the door to our bedroom so that no bugs yes. could go further down the hallway. Yeah. And then I think that we both went like vacuum cleaner. Back, could you vacuum? Back, I could go get the vacuum. Yeah, I'm, yeah. The vacuum. I'm going to take vacuum. full credit. But I run to get the vacuum cleaner. Now our vacuum cleaner is one of those that has the hose with mm-hmm, the stick. Mm-hmm, and then you can mm-hmm. put the little furry thing on there. You can put the crevice tool in there. It was a good idea. It was a good idea. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to work. That's I put work. the fuzzy thing on there. Mm-hmm, yep, and it yep, rotates yep. around. Yep. I extended it to full. <laughs> and I began vacuuming stool. the walls on a step stool. Then he gets this other great idea. This was, this was even better. Because I've already told this story uh-huh. to other people. Okay. Because I'm like, I have to tell you about this thing that happened. And then how Joe did leap into action. And the reason you didn't get in trouble is because you solved the problem. And you solved it really fast. But you guys. And I solved it in an entertaining way. He, he, <laughs> he, he's in there. All the lights are on. And I'm just sitting there in bed. Like, I'm just like appalled. Like, I don't even know what to do. I'm just sitting there looking around the room. Like, what the fuck am I going to do with all these fucking bugs tonight? How am I going to sleep? I don't even know what I'm going to do. He's going to do this, but this is going to take some time. And mm. he's like, man, this is going to take some time. And all of a sudden he goes, you know what? I have an idea. 
at this point, I think I've gotten to the point where I've just kind of like started covering myself up. I'm just hiding from this problem. <laughs> he caused this problem. He can solve this problem. So, so, he, <laughs> so he comes back in and he turns on. He has a flashlight. He's like, I got a flashlight. So he turns off all lights and he takes the flashlight, he points a flashlight at a spot on the wall. And then he vacuum. You guys, it worked. Yeah, the bugs were like. Uh oh, all of our light is gone. And they went oh, to look, that one light. Oh, there's a light, light over there. And you could, it was like a horror movie. <laughs> so, you would just see bugs coming from all angles toward that light. And then as they got there, uh-huh. they would just get immediately sucked up into uh-huh. the vacuum tube. At that point, it became like interesting. I was right. like, this is fun. Now, now okay, I'm... this corner's done. I'm going to have to scoot the step stool over a couple of feet. Uh-huh. take care of that part of the wall then of course i knew i was moving bugs away from you but then when i would turn the lights back on to kind of get an idea of how much progress we had made uh-huh. there'd be 20 bugs more. right over your Thousands head on more. the wall <laughs> so uh, zip, 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 get all those real quick <laughs> yeah. that that was like the best day ever <laughs> it was very interesting to see how quickly a problem can get solved that could have been a really bad problem because when you left yes there was still a few behind Every once in a while, I'd hear zzzz, and I would be like, gosh, dang it. But I was thinking to myself, it's only one. Two days before that, there would have been one little bug, and I'd be like, that thing is ruining my night. That's 100% like, of the bugs that are in the house this evening. I'm like, well, no, in that case. Yeah, I was like, thank God. This that's is only just one. a no big tiny deal. hundredth is, of a percentage. Yeah, I can kill that guy. No big deal. No big deal. I'm oh. going to make sure I keep the back door closed. We probably need to get a screen door back there on the back door. That just would be so a good that, idea, that doesn't too. accidentally happen. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I said last week that in our life, it would be good if there was always a soup available in the refrigerator. Yep. It was a double soup week this last week yeah, it was of like Whole30. Chicken 30. on chicken, chicken. And that's good for me because make chicken soup and I'll eat some more chicken soup and then a different kind of chicken soup. I like chicken soup. Our chicken broth reserves had gotten danger I mean dangerously low in oh. the in the red zone. Oh. We were coasting on fumes. Mm. So yes, I have done a couple of chickens so that I could get my stock reserves back up. But that just is such an easy thing to have once the chicken meat is cooked. Mm-hmm. Use half of it tonight, put the other half in the refrigerator. You're either going to just nibble on it or make chicken salad or, you know, one of many things. Yeah. Soup is easy. First was a Greek lemon chicken soup. That is delicious, by the way. It is so clarified. That's so beautiful to me with brothy chicken soup. And I think that we should make that more more, and think even more about how to really pop it into the Greek flavors. Sure. Imagine a chicken and rice soup, Mm -hmm. subtract the rice, Mm -hmm. and we put in two cups of cauliflower rice. Mm -hmm. That's that thing where I take cauliflower and run it through the processor, but with the shredding Mm -hmm. blade on it. Mm-hmm. And I just added that to the broth-based soup. Mm-hmm. Of course, with the onions and garlic and carrots, I'll post the recipe. And it's got a lot of lemon in it, like a lot of lemon in it, to the point where the broth is actually yellow. Oh, honey, that's not why the broth is yellow. Why is the broth yellow? It does have a half a cup of lemon juice, yeah. you're right. Uh-huh. Three egg yolks. <gasps> oh, that makes sense. You beat them until they've got a nice creamy texture and you pour them into a cup of the warm broth that you've pulled out. Uh-huh. And once you've incorporated all that, you put it back into the broth. You're not that trying to... That is so good. That's, wh- that's why it was so good. I didn't understand that you hadn't read the recipe you sent me. 
I didn't. I missed the egg part. I saw all the other stuff. And then a cup of chopped kale, the recipe calls for. Uh-huh. But just like the Zupa Toscana that we made for the Long Lunch Club today, mm-hmm. it was a variety of different greens. Yeah, it's good. And I think that we should encourage, I think people should make it. Because everyone's always looking for different ways to make chicken soup. Every, every mom is looking for a new way to make chicken soup. Right. Every mom that cooks and uses different kinds of ingredients. Let's put it that way. The next one was, I'd call it like a chicken and vegetable soup. Yeah. That one was chicken noodle soup without the noodles. Right. And that's we used a tromboncino instead of a butternut squash that yep. was in the recipe because that's yep. what we had on hand. Yep. Your tromboncinos have started to come in. I walked yep. through the garden and no matter if I'm with you or alone, I always enjoy seeing this twisted single piece of spaghetti in the garden that's a tromboncino squash that I know is about to come into the house. My goodness. I'm getting a lot of orders right now and I'm starting to have to tell people like, I can't, I'm not going to be able to have what you're looking for in terms of produce. So my tromboncino, I'm getting contacted. Can I get that from chefs to ask for things? There's an herb heavy soup. This mm-hmm. one was. And I, yeah, I think, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I think of the two, I did still prefer the Greek lemon chicken, but this was a close second place. And I'll, like I said, post them up. These are two soups you should definitely check out. One of the things I did after you'd made some more chicken broth was I had gone ahead and made another one of my salts, but this one I'm calling a bouillon. Mm-hmm. Heavy, heavy, heavy parsley, like major parsley flavor. Sage, lots of parsley and sage. Yeah, that sage goes hand in hand with poultry. And then we put a little bit of basil, a parsley sage bouillon. Got you. And it's got your broth in it too. It's got my what? It's got your broth in it, but it's really good. Like I would put this on my popcorn. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. That is a fantastic segue because popcorn is something we have not been able to eat for 28 days. We are going to the movies tonight. Do you know the only thing that I have said and have been sad and I'm sad again. I'm going to be sad again. At the movies tonight? Yeah. <laughs> no I, popcorn. I fucking hate it. Yeah. I don't want to live in a world... With no popcorn. With no popcorn. Okay. I don't care. Okay, so that's a, a fantastic no thing to use as a case study. When this is over, in two days, we will not have eaten popcorn for 30 days. Mm-hmm. Were you having any issues eating popcorn with your whole gluten slash grain thing? No. Okay. But it was the one grain that I wouldn't give up when I gave up my, when I did the grain fast. This is the only time I've ever fasted from cheese and popcorn. Right. Period. Popcorn's coming back in. What are we going to do about cheese? We're putting those three, four different types of fancy cheeses back into our refrigerator. Okay. For me, it's more like pizza, which comes with cheese. Basic cheeses like... The cheap Gouda, the cheap Brie, cheap the cheddar. cheap cheddar, and the whatever. All these things that we that I was eating a lot of, I don't need to be eating that any more than I need to be drinking a Coors Light. I mean, like, to me, it's all that. It's all the same thing. I mean, Gouda and Brie, even the, the cheap version might be uh, the, what's what's better than a Coors Light that's uh, a Shinerbach. The Gouda is the Shinerbach of it. Slightly better. <laughs> it goes back to what you said when we first got together. Cake is wonderful. No life should be without cake. Mm-hmm. But when did we start eating cake every day? Mm-hmm. And, and the same, I think, would be true for day. a cheese experience or a beer or wine yeah. experience. I mean, if that's the standard, then these things that we've eliminated for the last 30 days should and could be reintroduced, all with moderation and all when it's special. 
Exactly. And the thing about it is, is it's a whole lot easier to do that if you focus on artists and crafted homemade things. When I met you, I had been fixing some of my diet issues by saying, I'm only going to focus on the artisan versions of stuff, right? So if I only focus on the artisan version, when I met you, there was hardly any artisan versions of things. Mm -hmm. So I was just so excited to get like, oh my God, you made homemade kombucha? Please, I'd like to have some. Oh my God, you made a gluten-free donut? Oh my God, that's amazing. I'd love to have one or I may, you know what? It was a luxury. It was a treat. And then I built an entire organization to make sure that I had as much gluten-free donuts and meats and cheese and all the things that I wanted. I could eat a macaroon every day for the rest of my life if mm -hmm. I wanted to. All these things that I manifested to us. I mean, I'm taking some credit for that. I've got it, right? But if artisan is just as convenient and affordable to me as everything else is to other people, well, then I'm st I'm going to still over-consume things that I... I'm with you. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So to me, it's like I still had to take the next level up, which is like I still need to go do a fast and start over again and go, okay, just because I have access to it all the time doesn't mean that I need to eat it all of the time, okay? I've used the paths of least resistance. It's more accessible to get artisan, homemade, local foods now than it was when we met. I'm just thinking about... So you could have cake every single day according to those rules because it's like, well, my rule was homemade cake. If you're going to make that cake at home or if I made an a artisan's going to make it... If I had homemade cake available to me every single night, the ingredients are still sugar and butter. And I know the point you made from the very beginning is we shouldn't have cake every single day. Cake is delicious. Cake is wonderful, but we shouldn't have cake every day. But or my beer, point is or... just if I'm honest about it, just because it's craft, just because it's artisanal, all that's going to happen in a capitalistic society is, is the sellers, everyone, is going to figure out, well, now they're eating, they're eating more artisanal stuff. So we're just going to make more artisanal stuff. Actually, what they're doing more of is naming it artisanal, even right, though it's right. not actually artisanal. The label sure <laughs> looks farmy. <laughs> Anyways. But hold on. You're saying cheese limited to a pizza? I'm saying there's certain foods that I don't want to live without and they require some sort of cheese on them. But you don't think with this being your first dairy fast that that's an issue? You haven't noticed an increase in quality of life or digestion or... Well, I'll learn that when I slowly introduce the dairy back into my diet, right? So what you're... Okay. So I see what you're saying you won't know which of the things that we eliminated, dairy or sugar or grain, is causing you an issue until you bring them back Yeah, you slowly. can say um, anecdotally, or that may not be the word, you can kind of generally general, generalize and say, yeah, you know, I feel like I have more energy. I feel more clear-minded. Uh -huh. uh, I feel like, yeah, I, feel, I, I, I don't feel, have a lot of pain. Uh, you know, anytime I fast, it's going to help me clarify my mind. Because it's a controlling agent for me. And that's a thing that that helps me, right? Whether I'm allergic to cheese or not, what I've discovered in this diet is that I don't need as much cheese as I was eating. Right. Because I was eating a bunch of just cheap, fake cheese, even though it wasn't technically fake. I always bought the more expensive cheeses. No, you didn't. Of the You're cheese right. available at the grocery store. 
I would buy higher end So every cheeses. once in a while you bought a Lagunitas cheese. That's the high end cheese you're talking about. I want people to be very clear what we're talking about here. Lagunitas. Meaning that's the level of craft cheese that was kind of the cheeses that were going in. Of Shiner the, Box and Lagunitas, that's what we were, that's our, our that's our I mean, special expensive cheese. I, I feel like this is very sloppy. <laughs> I have there high expectations the cra- for cheese. I, this, we got to dig into like this. There really is the craft cheese that everyone has in their grocery store right now. Okay. Oh, you're, that's craft brand cheese. Craft brand cheese. Craft with a K. <laughs> then, like, like crab with a K. <laughs> away from the craft cheese section. Uh-huh. Right. Is the boar's head cheese section. Uh-huh. Now, th- you're right. That's going to be a... In the in a beer analogy, we have moved from Coors Light mm-hmm. to... Sure. Shiner Bach. Bach. Okay. Yep. That, that Gouda cheese thing you bring home yeah. and that type of brie you bring yes. home, that's the Shiner Bach. But then there's <laughs> the deli. Mm-hmm. Now... These are the brands that the names I don't even know. These are the brands where they're getting in the big wheel of cheese like you see in a Tom and Jerry cartoon mm-hmm. and cutting it into smaller slices. Every once in a while, you were throwing in a cheese like that. So every once in a while, HEB will have brought in a new from the the all the same distributor uh, brand of cheese. I'm, I'm using the beer analogy because oh, so that you. I can speak your language and then the audience understands what I I'm saying. I do realize... That in larger... But what I want is that... Metropolitan Cities is a cheese shop cheese. where they're making it right there. Oh, my God. That's the cheese that you're looking for. Mm, that does I not exist I want to go to Paris and eat cheese. I loved doing that when I went to and Paris. I would probably I would, I think that all the, the craft with the K cheese because I wouldn't know any better I as, think a, hum- that as the a human. I think that the cheese and Paris helped me say that that's one of my favorite cities to live in. Mm. And we walked into a cheese shop. Oh, a cheese shop. We had to like almost turn around and walk out. The funky smell of that cheese store was just something that as an American, I was not used to doing. Nah, that's funny. It was like a stinky feet cheese store. What I also learned though from all of this is that I like nut cheese. (laughs) That's good to know. I'm serious, you guys. I really do. I like cheese made with cashew. Mm -hmm. I like, I, I liked that before, but now that we've used it a little bit more... I'm like, that's is, is delicious. Is it safe to say that that eggplant parmesan from last week was the f- best favorite thing that we made in the Whole30 experience? Probably. You, that was a really yeah, good Yeah, you dish. were ranting about that one. Mm-hmm. I'm that making a, really a couple of those to take to the Big Friend weekend. We're the vegan casserole people this time. Yeah, there's a lot of foodie type people that we'll be hanging out with. They're not going to be off put. Did you ever think you would be the vegan casserole guy? In this crowd? Yeah. <laughs> this group of people has asked a lot of questions about Whole30. Uh-huh. And especially because I lead with I've lost 17 pounds mm-hmm. in 28 days. Oh, we're all just turned 50. We all probably have an extra couple inches of here, this and this and this around our bodies. You've lost 17 pounds? Yeah. No sugar, no alcohol, no dairy, da 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 and it either turns people off immediately or they've kind of understood exactly what we've been up to. Mm-hmm. One person said, oh, it's an elimination diet. Yeah. They know the terms. Yeah. One person was like, fuck that. You know, I mean, and I don't blame you. This is so, I said this week too, to eat this way would require two aisles in the grocery store. Yeah. There are 50 aisles I in like the grocery that. store. I like that. 
Well, 30 aisles if you count food because there's always an aisle with automotive parts. <laughs> there's an engine oil aisle and a school supply aisle. But of the food, so little. spray aisle. <laughs> yeah. But of the food that we've been eating is such a small portion of what is available. Yeah. And what is available in the other side of that pie chart is not good for you to eat. It's just not good for you. I loved it. The first time when we did the sugar fast, it was hard. Like that was a lot of days. I was like, dang, dang, dang. And now this time, I don't have that same feeling no. at all. Like I, I feel, feel like I could continue doing this. I feel good about it. Yeah. And I think that... I'm not going to, but I feel like I could continue doing this. I could keep a lot of things going. I could keep a lot of things going. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. If I go back to one of the earliest, most shocking diet changes I made, and that was to stop eating industrialized meat. How many years ago was that? 15. Okay. Because you were well into it when I met you. Exactly. And the primary reason that 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 really stuck above and beyond all of the other things, the reason it stuck and the reason I was willing to force through with a family of people that were like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Which now they all are pretty much eating at all. Even households that aren't even married anymore are eating the way I eat now because of what the push that I made through that. But the initial reason was to keep me out of fast food. There's nothing I can eat over there because I'm not going to eat that meat. So you just made it even broader than I'm not going to eat fast food anymore. No. What I'm saying was that kept me honest. What kept me honest in the beginning was if you're going to eat cake, eat the best cake you can get from a local cake baker that comes to the farmer's market. Well, there, you know, we were few and far between. We weren't getting all this great stuff back then. We didn't have... I helped create the access so that I could have access. Mm-hmm. Once I had all the access to everything and I have access to anything I want now, I do. Think mm-hmm. about well, where we started. Sure. The problem with that, and I knew it already before the diet happened, the problem was is that my bliss factor was way too high. That fake across the board, everything needs to be sugar, everything needs to be sweet, everything needs to have that same mm-hmm. flavor. Mm-hmm. Even if you're eating organic cheese puffs, Made out of mm-hmm. lentils, they're still... Sodium, still sodium, and the... Well, yeah. and it's basically the same, the processing that occurred in order to make it shelf-stable and all of that. It's got all that same crap that actually brings it all. And here's the other side of it. And this is one thing you learned by reading the packages this time. Everything. Everything. Even nuts. Were you... I'm allowed to eat salted nuts. And look, there's some wasabi salted nuts. Yum. That's got to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Flip it over. It has sugar in it. Yep. Every yeah. single thing. And that's raising your bliss point to a point where you have no really good indicators anymore. So I'm going to eat five, a whole package of gluten-free donuts from Paula, the local gluten-free donut maker. Right. Buy me two. I'm going to eat one today and one tomorrow. What the hell are yeah. we doing? Like, that's not okay either. That's where I am now. So the best cheese, the best. If you raise your luxury limit, like your budget limit on things, that helps. That limits your access. Because how many times am I going to pay $50 for a shot of mezcal? Probably about once every three months, maybe once a year, depending on budgets. You know, like, what are we talking about here? How often are we going to be able to have that? cheese mm, the kind that i am willing to just eat a plate of beautiful cheeses maybe once a month 
what's the reality here? So are you still filling in the blanks with the amount of fruit that we've got coming through the house? You were complaining about one of the salty snacks that we do have access to is nuts because they're adding so much fiber and bulk. Mm-hmm. The salty stuff will be the hardest part for me. Yeah. Because the there's still bags of salty okay, snacks in the, in the pantry right now. Here, My cheese balls, yeah. gluten-free and made with lentil, order that showed up salt. the day of two yeah. before the Whole30 started. Yeah. We're here when you're done. <laughs> exactly. Come eat us. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm a, sna- I'm a salty snacker. Okay. This isn't about me saying, oh, everyone should do Whole30. Mm-hmm. Do what you want. Yeah. Where I get in trouble is that I hear people saying things that sound very immature to me, talking about food. And Whole30 is a really good example of where someone is in their waking up to what's the purpose of food. I irritate people with that, you know, because it's me saying like, hey, that's a childish behavior. The okra thing. Everybody knows now. Everybody that joins us at the dinner table each week knows that I think that if you can't eat okra, you have a childish block inside your mind. Mm -hmm. And that makes people mad when I say that. It feels like a criticism. Here's the thing. The reason I'm trying to teach everyone that they should eat okra is because if there was no food and you were willing to eat anything your land would grow, it wouldn't matter that you didn't like okra because it's slimy. You would eat okra because you're starving or you're sick or whatever reason you need to ingest that particular plant. And I believe we are going to be in a bind that people aren't willing to talk honestly, faithfully, and openly about within the next decade. Food-wise. Absolutely. All kinds of whys. Yeah. All the things. It scares people. And so they don't want to look at it. And they want to pretend that it's easy to just look away. And it's easy to write you off as a conspiracy theorist or not job. Write me or off. whatever it is. Write that, me off. Than to face maybe some of the things that you might be suggesting. Write me off. But all you have to do is look at 10 years ago. What did she say? And then what did she say 20 years ago? Hmm, that's interesting. That's weird. That's like, it's almost as if she knows some things. Why is that? I don't believe there's a one size fits all for whether or not one should do Whole30. Mm. I think that what you experienced week two is very indicative of you. Yeah. You, you did not go into Whole30 with a bunch of weight that you needed to lose by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. So the caloric dip that occurs that for someone like me results in, hey, man, I lost 17 pounds. You know, that's... Well, not only that, but I want to re-add to it. And I said this to somebody today. I'm a woman. My body is going to do the same thing this month of 30 days as it did last month of 30 days. And I want to eat an entire chocolate human. Mm -hmm. A human-sized chocolate. Right. A human made out of chocolate. I want to eat them. Anatomically correct? (laughs) Whatever. You're eating through anything. <laughs> You're gross. I no. My chocolate all... <laughs> but I would say... But do what you want is what on. I have No, to. but I would say that your mom, also a woman had a different experience in you with Whole30. Yes. She's also at a different stage of her womanness than I am. I was, I'm not going to even <laughs> pursue any more womanness talking about your mom. 
But these are important conversations. Okay, as so much as no we're woman should about, do whole thirty. I don't understand your point. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm simply saying we have to consider all of the different things that are occurring in each individual body. And what you said at the beginning was exactly correct. And what you said was is that each individual is going to go through it differently. But what I'm saying is, is that putting a female body next to a male body and then female body, female body of different ages, you've got all kinds of different hormone levels and things going on. A 30 year old man's hormones are not going to act the same way yours did on the same type of diet. I'm going to cut to the chase and say that if you, after a lot of self-introspection about your hormones and abilities to take on Kind of a difficult task, especially the first week and building up to it as you're trying to figure out how to do it. I hope the last four weeks we've said some things that can help people go through the journey themselves. I would definitely, definitely recommend it. I just want to say that as tasty as all of these experiences have been, we've made it look easy. How do you figure? Many times, and I may have talked about this before, but there's been many times when I was out in a public space and someone knew who I was and wanted to come over and talk to me about diet. And they walk over to me and they are 300 pounds overweight. And the first thing they say to me is, I have got to change and I want to start growing vegetables and I want to da da da. And they basically start saying to me, my life, like, I want to be like you. And I don't mean like, oh, Aislinn. I mean like someone who gardens and eats fresh food and home cooked meals and, you know, and I have to repeatedly tell them I started by quit drinking soda water first. Do that first. So it might not be hard for you, Joe, but somebody that's drinking a super gulp of diet Coke every day or two mm-hmm. or three times a day. Do you remember when you used to drink that and eat water burgers every day of your life? Not every day, but often, yes. When I first met you, that was pretty much your diet. A water burger and a diet soda, a big one. And then whatever you oh, would come a, up with for dinner. Which I, the was, water burger, not so much. But I it was a diet Coke, yes. 44 ounces. Right. It's a much bigger jump from where that you were. That day to now to than now. 30 days ago to now. Exactly. That's the point I'm trying to make. So tiptoe lightly into where you're, that path. That's what I meant about path of least resistance a while ago. That's what I meant about 10 years ago, cake that's not very accessible. And I'm certainly not going to make homemade cakes every night at home. So I'm not going to eat much cake because I'm not buying cake from the grocery store. You know, was a lot easier then than it is now. Take the path of least resistance first. What is it that you can quit today? And can you quit anything? Can you fast? Have you even tried to fast? Try that first. Fast from one thing. Do 30 days without a soda. If you can do that, then do 30 days without a soda. You're suggesting that the cannonball into the pool of Whole30 would be a big, big leap for the average person? Yeah. The ease of You're finding right. food. Subjectively, it was easy. Think but... about the different varieties of vegetables we're already not afraid of. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, there's so much more to how easy it was for us to get there. You cook home-cooked meals often with all kinds of fresh... It wasn't... Sure, it's our whole thing. We, we're literally bring. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's my point. And the thing is, so so for me, and what for I'm your trying parents, to say... It was their, it's their whole thing, too. Yeah, but it was a little, it it might've been a little bit further for them though, too, even that, like, 
They keep some things around that we don't. Exactly. And um, new, some new vegetables, some new ways to eat vegetables, mm-hmm. some new cooking styles, you know, some, all of that kind of stuff that my mom talked about. I just want to go back to yet again, and this is what I repeatedly have said the whole time. For me, it's not about doing a diet. It's not about jumping off. It's not about saying everybody should do this diet. No, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with me saying we've got to learn how to eat all different types of foods. And we have to start trying to get it back to as basic and whole as we can. Start with the first step that makes the most sense to you. It gets easier. It gets easier. You level up and then you level up and then you level up. And then you level up and it gets easier. And someday that one thing you thought that you would never be able to give up and you were never going to give it up and you never wanted to give it up, you won't even think twice about giving it up if it's started making you feel yada yada, whatever the thing is. Ease your way down the spectrum. You have to. That's the only way to do it. Well, hey, while we're in this intellectual vibe, why don't you kick over a question that we can deep dive into? Asen, is your purse with you by any chance? No. Then you're going to have to answer this from memory, but I'd be glad to go retrieve it. Mm -hmm. What is the most random thing in your purse, and for myself, my wallet? I don't know. Go get my purse. (laughs) (laughs) Go on, get it. Hmm. Let's see. Random. 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 Is The Kingdom of God is Within You by Leo Tolstoy random? Yeah, you talked about that last week. So that's not really random then, right? Mm. Let's see. Is safety pins random? That's somewhat random, but something a woman might have in their purse. Hmm. Yeah, you caught me at a bad time because I just cleaned my purse out. And when I've cleaned my purse out, there's nothing random in it. When I've not cleaned my purse out, there's... No, there's no telling what's going on inside there. Well, what's the most random thing that you found when you recently cleaned out your purse? I can't remember, but I do find random things in my purse. When we were in Maine, we went to the L.L. Bean store, and there was a cool wallet up there by the cash register. It was made from old sails, like mm-hmm. canvas sails, and it was micro-thin. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to get that wallet. Now, this is my second of those. The first one fell apart mm-hmm. over many, many years. Mm-hmm. It's a great wallet. But I loved it so much, I bought a second one. Flow Fold. This wallet is designed to be uncomfortable if there's too much stuff in it. You keep your wallet slim. So you don't keep random things in there. That's not the question. What's the most random in my awesome wallet? Now, here is a copy printout that I made of the different levels of consciousness from shame at the very bottom to enlightenment at the very top. Yeah, I heard you talking about something the other day where you said that apathy was at the very bottom. I was like, no, apathy is not actually at the very bottom. Apathy is the third from the bottom. Apathy is a low consciousness activity. United States stays in the courage range. And I'm on the acceptance range, by the way, in case you were wondering where I am. I've got a Corpus Christi Public Library card. Not very random for a wallet, but it's the only card that I have that isn't my credit card and my health insurance cards. But I do have... My son's first driver's license. That's random. That's very random. Yeah, because you're not even supposed to carry around other people's driver's license. Well, I put it in my IDs. wallet to take it to him, forgot to take it to him, and now I just like having it. <laughs> yeah, that's no good. You should take that out of your wallet. <laughs>
ease your way down the spectrum. You have to. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime, hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you. 